Our text will be in Romans chapter 12. We're going to focus on verse 3 through verse 8 for the next couple weeks. Some wonderful things that are said here, some very important things for us to know as a church. And so the Spirit has moved Paul to write this to the church at Rome and to us today. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 is where we'll pick up. For I say, through the grace given unto me and to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Or ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Or he that exhorteth on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Before we pray and sit down, I would ask you simply... Uh, to do something that probably is a little bit out of the ordinary, but I'd ask you to all turn around and face the back. <laughs> this is for real. This has a purpose. What do you see there on the back wall? You see with the sun shining through and illuminating all its different facets and its different aspects, our beautiful stained glass window, right? Right? And I want you just to consider it for just a few short moments because it's a pretty good illustration of what we're going to be talking about. We see it and we look at it and it's beautiful as a whole. The sum of its parts and all the the things that go into it and make it what it is. But I want you to notice as well all the different pieces that are there. Different cuts. Different colors. And notice as well that most of those, if not all of them, are not just one solid color, but they're a blend of colors. Every one of them held together on every side, sharing a common bond, and all of them reflecting the light shining through it. It's a beautiful mix, just like His church. We turn back around and we'll pray. Father, I thank you for this day and for the many blessings. Thank you for just the time we have here, Lord. Just speak to us now through your word and help us to have open ears and open hearts about the importance of your church, Lord, and and all the blessings that you've given us, Lord. I ask that you would just be heard prominent above everything else today as we turn to your to your word. And I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. The church is a beautiful thing. She's beautiful in many ways, in many different aspects. It's such a wonderful thing that God has given to us as as He called His disciples out on the seashore and said, Come, follow Me. And His called out ones began to assemble around Him. And from that moment on, we have this, this thing that God has given to us called the church. And she is beautiful in so many ways. She's beautiful in her calling, in what God has called her to do and gifted her to do. Second Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9 says, God hath saved us and called us with a holy calling. 
that not only would He redeem us as sinners, not only would He forgive us and take away judgment and wrath and give to us eternal life, but beyond that, He gives us a calling that as we commit our lives to Him and follow Him, we now are called to be lights to the world around us. That we who were once enemies of God by, uh, in our mind by wicked works, enemies of God, are now ambassadors for Christ as though God speaks through us. That's what the Scripture bears out. We were once enemies, now we are ambassadors for Christ. That is beautiful, wonderful, amazing grace, isn't it? That God would do that for us. So the church is beautiful in that way that we have a calling now to be the voice of God in the world. She is beautiful in her theology and her position. The things that God has given to His church, as He says in Matthew chapter 13, it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. The world does not understand these things. In fact, it says the world cannot, but it is given to His people to know these things as He teaches us and guides us and illumines our minds through the Holy Spirit. We are said to be united with Christ as closely as a spouse. Ephesians chapter 5 tells us that. Things like that I find truly beautiful. And those things, when you look at them, are like the overall beauty of the window we just looked at. It's beautiful as a whole. In its total. Okay? But you see, the church is beautiful in this way, too. The church is a beautiful mix. A beautiful mix. A mix of individuals that come together to make this local body what it is. We come together from all walks of life. I think pool men have the most tally here this morning. (laughs) Of course, we got some contractors and mechanics and salesmen and You know, all different walks of life come together. All different stories. All different backgrounds, right? If we're honest, we probably wouldn't know each other. We probably wouldn't have anything to do with each other if it wasn't for the church. But yet, we come together from all these different backgrounds, all these different stories, all these different lives to make this beautiful mix here. And each one of us have unique gifts, a different way to shine the light of God as an individual, as we as a church shine the light of God as a whole. And we all have one thing in common, one thing that bonds us together, and that is Christ and His salvation and His calling. Oh, the church is a beautiful mix that has been crafted and designed and assembled by God. That's what our text is here in in Romans chapter 12. And that's what we're going to spend the next couple of Sundays considering. How the church is a beautiful mix. Now, there's one thing I want you to notice right off the bat. And I want you to see that there's a bit of a contrast here. And it's a pretty important one that that we need to, to understand in our own hearts. If you look back at verse 1, we spent quite a few weeks on this, but I want you to see the contrast that is given. In verse 1, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than, than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. You see, the call there in the first part of the chapter is really one of sacrifice. Present your bodies a sacrifice, the giving over of self to serve God. It's not about me anymore, Lord. It's all about you. So I'm going to lay my life down as a sacrifice. And the, the call to transform our thinking, not to be conformed to what the world thinks, but to transform it to, to the will of God. And then the call for humility in verse 3. Don't think of yourself higher than you ought to, but to think soberly. There's a call for a putting down of self, right? But there's a, there's a reason Paul does that. Not just because we ought to be humble before God and we ought to not walk in pride. But also this, that we are called to be part of something bigger than ourselves. We're called to be some, part of something bigger than just us. The Bible knows nothing of the Lone Ranger Christianity that is so popular today where you where you get saved and you just kind of go on your merry way and you hope God blesses your your efforts and you just do your own thing until you go to heaven when you die we're not made for that in fact we can't really do it on our own can't we not only do we need God's help first and foremost but we are made for something more than just ourselves in this life why else do you think we have marriage and a family in the church. We're made to be part of something bigger than just us. We are gifted to be, we are gifted for more than just a singular existence with ourselves. You have some talents that God has given you. You have a measure of faith, as it were, that God has given you that is meant to be used for something rather than just going through your own little life. Something more. You're made to be part of something where as you humble yourself and you push down pride, you at the same time realize your own worth and importance to God and others. Let me say that again. As you push down your pride and your self-importance, as you humble yourself, you at the same time begin to realize just how much you are worth to God and worth to others and how important you are to God and to others. And that is through the church. That is through the church. God's calling on your life and God's calling on my life is bigger than just us and our goals. It's to come, become part of His body in which we find a true and lasting purpose of beauty. Some examples I could give would be marriage. Before you're married, you're just going along thinking you've got life made, right? And you're going to do what you want and this and that, and you don't have to worry about somebody else. But something changes when you're married, right? Life changes. And now all of a sudden, it's not just you, it's you and another person. And there is some humility that comes in. There's some deferring to your spouse. But can I say, I can't think of life any greater other than being married? It gives you a new, bigger purpose, doesn't it? More fulfilling where it's not all about me anymore. It's about us. 
But even in that, as I, as I humble myself and I, I submit to my spouse's needs and wants, I find a bigger worth in myself. It's the same with parenting too, right? Now you've got other little humans to worry about and care for and feed, and you've got all this going on. And as a parent, you know you have to sacrifice for your kids. But as you do that, do you not find yourself more fulfilled and more at peace and find more of your purpose? It's like the church. Whereas I push myself down and I, I humble myself, I find a greater purpose, the one God has created me for, to be part of His people. And we ought to think about that. God has made you for that. And we'll, we'll dig into this later in coming weeks, but I want you to consider that. Look at the end of verse 3. According as, think, you ought to think soberly as according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. You have been gifted. God has, been, God has given you some unique talents, a unique personality to use for His glory as only you can. You understand that? God has gifted you uniquely to glorify Him and to lift up others as only you can. And He does that for each one. You are a wonderful, beautiful part of the beautiful mix here. Notice the example Paul gives. Look at verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we, being many, are one body in Christ. And every member's one of another. This is a familiar example, a familiar illustration to us all. He's speaking of the physical body. In fact, that term members, he, he's already used in chapter 6 when he says don't yield this body or members of this body as instruments to unrighteousness. Don't serve sin with this body. Now, now he's using it as a, an example here. As we have many parts in one body and not every part has the same office, so is the church. We are many people brought together in one body here. Our body does have many parts. 206 bones, 600 muscles, 78 organs, all of which have their own parts. So like, just think of your eye. Your eye is an organ, right? Well, your eye has hundreds of parts, nerves and little pieces inside and the cornea and all this stuff. It has a bunch of parts in and of its own and so does your heart and so does your stomach and so does every one of these organs. I've read estimates that if we were to total up all the parts of your parts, <laughs> it'd be over 10,000. We are beautifully and wonderfully made, aren't we? You tell me that comes from evolution. Wrong. And that's not counting your blood, which ties it all together, which literally contains millions of cells. And all those different parts function to make you, you in one body. And not all those have the same function, do they? You've got different cells for different parts. It's a very familiar example to us. And he says, in verse 5, Paul says, So we, being many, are one body in Christ. We are many. We have varied backgrounds, varied talents, different. We're different. We're each special, each unique, but yet here in Christ, we are one in this body. Let's go to another familiar place to dive a little bit deeper. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you would. Again, we've, we've actually visited these passages here of late, but it's good to be reminded and 
and see this, this truth in Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to go to just a few different places this morning here, and we'll be in the book of Galatians. But I want you to notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul writing to the church at Corinth. He says, for at, in verse 12, 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 12, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. It's the same, same kind of thing he was saying in Romans. Look in verse 13. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. We could really dive in there, but here is where the unity comes in. Here is what makes us one. It's the same Holy Spirit that has saved us. The, the same Holy Spirit that has drawn us. That same Holy Spirit binds us together. It's Him. That's where the unity comes in. As God has done a work in our lives, as He has led us and caused us to be born again and, and built us together to be a, a habitation or His house, as Ephesians chapter 2 says, it's all because of Him that we have our common bond. None of us has achieved that by any other means. It is the Spirit that has saved us all. None of us are worthy or deserving of it more than anyone else. It's by the same Spirit that we have come to be saved. It is by the same Spirit that we have been come to be in this body here. It's all from Him, and that is our common bond. It is Christ. It is the Word. It is the work that He has done in our lives. Keep your finger here and turn over just a bit to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. I want to lay just a couple important foundations for something we'll talk about here in just a few minutes. Galatians chapter 3, and notice if you would, would verse 26. Galatians 3 and verse 26. For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Let me just stop there. That's the only way. It's been mentioned several times throughout the class and through the devotional. The only way we are saved is by faith in Christ. The only way we come to have forgiveness of sins and eternal life is by faith in Christ Jesus. And we have that in common here this morning, don't we? Verse 27, For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Well, here he's talking about something that happens after that, that as we commit our lives to Him, we're now... Uh, confessing, I'm going to be about Him. I'm going to live for part of Him. I'm going to become part of His people. That's what the baptismal waters are, aren't they? They're not salvation. They're identification that I'm putting that old life to death. I'm walking in a new life now, and I'm becoming part of His people. We are putting on His life, putting on His attributes. As many of you has been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Notice this, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. You are all one. You see, I've, I, I, we are one here. There is none who is better than the other. There is equal ground at the cross, equal ground, level ground in the church. There's no room for pride. There's no room for division. We're all saved the same way. We all follow the same way. We all have the same goals in common to glorify Christ and to serve Him. There's no room 
for politics, for pride, or for division, right? We are all one in Him. It's by that same Spirit that we've been baptized into one body and we've been made to drink into one Spirit, to one attitude here of following Christ. So go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. All that to say, there's no room for pride or division. We have a common bond here and that is Christ. So look at 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 14. For the body is not one member, but many. The body is not one member, but many. That's a good statement. Do you hear that this morning? The church is not the pastor. The church is not a family. The beauty of the church does not come from that. No, that's no more beautiful than a single colored window. It is a mix of many, isn't it? The body is not one member, but many. Many. Notice verse 19. Verse 15. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased Him. If they were all one member, where would the body? Now see, now he's going to start digging into to how we ought to think and how we ought to act with one another as part of this mix here at Faith Baptist. And sometimes problems can come in, and Paul uses a, a pretty silly example. We know the foot doesn't talk, or the ear doesn't talk. He's laying down a pretty easily understandable thing. If the foot should say, you know what? I really want to be the hand. The hand's pretty important. I'm just a foot. I'm stuck in this stinky shoe walking around all day. This stinks. I want to be a hand. And because I can't be the hand, I'm out. Well, does that change anything? (laughs) No. No, it doesn't. Or, you see, see, this can go one of two ways, and we have to consider it. There's a pendulum here that swings. We've got to think about that. One side of the pendulum says, I'm not the fill in the blank, so I'm out. I want to be the pastor. We've got this guy who stands in the pulpit now, and I, he don't know what he's talking about. I want to be the pastor. If I can't be the pastor, I'm out. People can think that way, right? Or fill in the blank. Although nobody's really fighting over plunging toilets. It's usually positions of prominence. I, if I can't do that, well, then I'm out. Well, then you have on the other side, uh, uh, the other side of the pendulum, I'm not the fill in the blank, so I'm not as good as them or I'm not as important as them. You see, there, there are two sides of the pendulum and both are wrong. Both are wrong ways to think. Listen, there might be roles that are more visible But that in no way makes the other roles of the church or any other member of any less importance. No. Look at verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the smelling be? Well, we understand those functions in our body. Hearing is pretty important, isn't it? I miss the hearing I've lost because of loud music and loud tools and things of that. I can't hear as well as I used to and I would like to. 
Smelling is important. (laughs) Those of us that lost it due to the virus found out how important smelling is. It's it's weird when you can't taste food or people people around you saying, do you smell that? Nope. (laughs) Not, Not a thing. You're, it, it throws you off, right? Throws you off. Huh. Listen, it's the same with the church body. Every part is important. Do you hear that, my beloved? You are important. You are an important part of this body here. A vital, needed, useful, imp- important part of this local body here. Each and every member is. Each one. Now you may not teach. You may not sing. You may not play music like others. That's fine. You have your own unique gift. Your own unique function that you bring here. And that is vital. Let me just give you this uh, example. I'm jumping ahead a little bit to next week, but I want you to consider this. A pastor gets asked, and Brother Winkleman and Brother Beckard could tell you this, A pastor gets asked a thousand questions about a thousand different subjects, except two. How are you and how can I help? (laughs) Every other question usually but those two. But, let me say this, there are a couple of you here who make it a point to ask me just that. How you doing, Pastor? Can I help you? And it's not just to me. I hear you asking other people. You may not think that's much, but you are wrong. That is a gift. That is a gift. In fact, in Romans chapter 12, it's called the gift of exhortation, the gift of encouragement. And let me say, that is just as vital as someone who stands up and teaches. That is vital. And it may not be as visible as others, but it is just as vital as our heart or our lungs or our internal organs are in the physical body. You see what I'm saying? It's important. So let's not get into the mindset of just because I don't do this means I'm not on the same level. No, 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 no. We're all on the same level. We've all been gifted to do exactly what God has called us to do. And your gift, your calling, your part here as this local body, in this local body is vital. It's vital. Each one of you is important and beautiful and appreciated. That's why it's important that we be in our place because it matters. That's why it's important that we be active because it matters. Just as, just as much as if we were to look back there and see one or two panes of glass missing, we'd notice it in a second, wouldn't we? There'd be some holes. There'd be some gaps. I don't want any gaps here. Because each and every one of you is needed. I might need your encouragement. I might need your support. I might need your willingness to serve just as much as you might need whatever gift I might have. You see? We're all here part of this beautiful mix. And that leaves no room for pride, right? Look at verse 20. I've got to get moving. 
Look at verse 20. Now they are many members, yet one body, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of thee. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which we seem more feeble are necessary. It's a silly example Paul's giving it again, but it's easily to understandable because we can be silly. You know, Pastor, I'm the usher here. Yep, I pass plates and seat people, and you're just the pastor. <laughs> and long after you're gone, I'll still be seating people and passing plates. You could say I'm more important than you. Can you imagine Garrett or Matthew telling me that? Wes did. That's why we had to get rid of him last year. (laughs) It's silly. But we do that, don't we? What's really sad is is when it's the pastor that does that. That would be so wrong of me or anyone who stands in this position to look down on anyone else. I'm the pastor and you're nothing. That's satanic and sinful and wrong. No, we're all in this together. Each one gifted. There's no room for pride. In fact, verse 22, No, those members of the body which seem more feeble are more necessary. Just stub your pinky toe. You find out what that's there for real quick, don't you? And you're hopping around like a big old baby just because you hit a little tiny little toe. Or what happens when your appendix goes on the haywire? Uh, you know it and your whole body feels it, right? Or when your inner ear fluid is a little bit off and you can't even stand up straight and you think the whole world's spinning. Each part of the body is important and so it is with the church. So it is with the church. There's no room for pride. In fact, check this out. Verse 23. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. There's probably some confusing verses if you've read them in the past, but I want you to think this. We wear clothes for a reason, don't we? Be a little odd and a little shameful if everybody, everybody showed up without them. So to cover what would be shameful, we literally decorate our uncomely parts and cover them and protect them and wrap colorful cloth around them. We don't have to cover our face. Well, for the, until <laughs> until lately. Usually we don't wrap something around our face. We cover up what is weaker or more shameful or, or less honorable, as the Scripture would say here. And now let's pair that with what he's going to say. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body and members of Christ in particular. Do you get the, 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 the feeling here? Sometimes we are weak. Well, you know what we do? We cover each other. Sometimes we slip and fall and we battle some sin, and we face some shame in our own personal lives. What does the church do? We pick up and we restore, don't we? We bind and we protect. We forgive. We don't hang all the shame out there for everyone to see. No. We forgive, we restore, we protect. We have the same care for each other. Go quickly to Galatians chapter 6.
Remember this verse, we read it, I believe, just a week or two ago. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, it's going to happen, by the way, to you or to me, it's going to happen. If a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear each other's burdens, restore, help each other, just as much as we would care for a hurt part of our body, so we ought to care for and restore each member here. Don't do the opposite. Look in Galatians chapter 5. Just back a page and look at verse 13. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. See, that's a tendency of the flesh, isn't it? That can be a tendency of the flesh to bite at one another. Ooh, I don't like that tie. I don't like that dress. Boom. They didn't say hi to me. That's my potluck dish. What does she think she's doing? That's my parking spot. Bite, 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 bite. Be careful. Because one bite turns into another and pretty much you're consumed. And so when we're singing, you're not thinking of praise. You're only thinking about so-and-so singing off key. Why are we singing the song? Or when preaching is going, we're not really listening. You're hearing, why did they say amen like that? Who are they trying to talk to? Why is he preaching on this? Consumed. Consumed. Listen, I've been at this a long time and I know exactly what can happen. And what we need to do is not let that in the doors here. Period. Keep it out. We must be diligent not to. Quick to confess our faults. I hope I'm the first one to say, man, I mess up all the time. I say stupid things. Forgive me. Also quick up to, also quick to speak up about offenses. Then if I've said something dumb or done something wrong, please come tell me as I should with you to keep this stuff out. We don't want Satan to throw rocks at the panes of the window and to knock us out of our common bond and the beautiful mix that we have here. Right? There's no room for that. We are quick to protect and to cover and support each other. We don't want to be septic. Now do we? We don't want to be septic. No, we have the same care for one another. Back to Romans chapter 12. Let's move to a close here. What does it say in Romans 12? We being many are one body in Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 says that there should be no schism, no split, but we are so connected by the Spirit that we feel with one another. We feel each other's pain and sorrow, each other's joy and happiness, which has been the case. Praise God, I can say by experience that has been the case for us here. We feel each other's pain. We help each other through the pain or the burdens or whatever it may be. Let's continue to do that. Let's continue to do that. One final thing to notice in the text this morning is the end of verse 5. Romans 12 and verse 5. 
So we being many are one body in Christ and every members one every one members one of another. Every one members one of another. So everyone means you and me, right? This isn't just talking to a couple people, it's talking to each of us. We are members of each other. Different translations use different words. Some say we are members mutually. We are members together. We are connected. We belong to each other. Do you see the connection there? The Spirit wants to make that clear through the Word and the examples that are used and the language that is used. And I need you to hear that. You matter here. Okay? There's been a lot of talk about who is and who is not essential as of late. The church is essential and you as a church member are essential. You need to know that. This here is not about me. It's about us. It's about you. Just as much as that stained glass window or our physical body is connected, so so we are here at Faith Baptist. Each part is vital. Many different ones, but one together in Christ. Does everyone believe that this morning? All right. Well, let's be sure to remind each other because this is one of the most simple things we can let slip that is so very important. Let's remind each other in the way that we talk to each other, in the way we act toward each other, in the way we treat one another. To make each each other feel important and wanted and needed. And that goes for all of us too, by the way. (laughs) Don't sit back and wait to hear it. Like, oh yeah, this has been coming for a long time. I hope you people start talking to me. (laughs) And I ain't saying nothing until... No, 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 no. No, let's, let's keep that stuff out. That's Satan taking shots with a BB gun. Trying to knock people out. Instead... Let's love like Christ loves. Let's love each other and let each other know everyone matters here. Okay? Everyone. And I say that from the bottom of my heart. Each member of this church is important and vital, and I thank God for you. I thank God for your gifts. And let me lead into the next week with this thought. That means we've got to stay connected to one another. We've got to stay active because you have a unique gift from God. There's been times that can be very evident. Let's say if if Brother Nick or I or Sister Cheryl happen not to be here and we have to sing without a piano, that leaves a hole, right? You, you, You feel that. Well, listen, when you're not here with your encouragement or your mercy or your your willing heart, whatever it is, It leaves the same gap. Leaves the same gap. So that's so this is why it's so important that we stay connected and we have this, we have our own blend that lends to the whole as a light of God shines through us and through you, all because the church is a beautiful mix. We need to be reminded of that. As things would come at us from all sides and cause to get our focus off this or on to other things. 
God has made His church beautiful, and He has mixed us here beautiful. And again, I want you to just know this morning, each member is important and precious and a vital part of this beautiful mix. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for this church here. Thank You for each member, Lord, and for just the way that You have brought us together and the gifts that You have given us, Lord. Help us to, to see and realize not only how much You love us and how much You have blessed us, Lord, but what an important part we are here. So help us then in turn to, to seek to glorify You through the gifts that You have given us, Lord, and, and to, uh, to reach out to one another, surround one another with love and, and just appreciation for all that He's done in our lives. Lord, I ask that You would use this message as You see fit and uh, let let you be glorified in all things that we say and do. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.